Uh, what up? This is uh, what season three finale of Crucial Tunes, and uh, we're here. We are. <laughs> hey, hey, we are here. How you doing? Uh, I'm well. I'm good. I, I don't know. I mean, I doubt anybody that listens to our show really pays that much attention to the audio quality of it. But in case anybody can't tell the difference, like in our regular audio quality, it's because uh, my my computer crashed, like literally as we were getting ready to record. <laughs> that so sucks, man. I am now on, I'm on my phone using my earbuds uh, to record this. So. Hopefully it sounds all right. I apologize if it doesn't. Um, I'm sure it'll be uh, fine. And those processing and shit is involved with like EQ and compression and stuff. It'll sound fine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm good. Uh, what's, what's new? What's new with you? Working. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. That's about it, man. That's about it. Just working. I went to a wedding yesterday. That was all right. Oh yeah, I, uh, we'll we'll talk about that after we're done with the show because I I wanted to ask about that. But, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what are you um, been listening to? Um, the Gaslight Anthem a lot. Like, oh, okay. like I've, I've been listening to a lot of the Gaslight Anthem. I think you mentioned that last episode that you were starting to dive into that, or maybe you, maybe it was just a message you sent me. But I was going to um, say that sounds awful familiar that you're listening to Gaslight Anthem. Yeah, a lot of Gaslight Anthem. Uh, new. I've had the new Counterparts record for a while because it leaked, but mm-hmm. uh, it's officially out now, and I've been listening to that like fucking crazy. Super um, good. Did you listen to it? Yes, I did. It's Super fucking, good. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is very good. It's a very good record. Um, I had something cool that I was listening to like today or yesterday. That was like, oh, I should talk about this. And I don't remember what the fuck it is now. Uh, a bunch of stuff uh, for like solid state stuff for this episode I've been listening to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but also like I listen to solid state stuff all the time, regardless. So whatever. Right. <laughs> um, not, not out of the uh, ordinary there. No, not at all. Um, shit. I guess that's mostly it. Gaslight Anthem. Counterparts. Uh, um, a decent amount of Oasis. Oh, sick. Yeah. Oasis fucking rules. And, um, I went on a really big, like story so far binge the other day and I listened to every one of the records twice. Jesus. No, they're such a great band. They're very good. I'm, I'm just, that's a, that's a lot of story so far for like one week or whatever it was. It was a day one I was day. just, I was just at work one and, day. um, one of their songs came up on shuffle or on like a an Apple Music playlist, and I'm like, okay, I forget, like fucking forgot how great this fucking song is. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go top to bottom, whole thing, because it's only what four albums, I think. Yeah, I don't. Think Which they isn't have much. that crazy. So I listened to all four albums, and uh, it's crazy that they like just get. <clears throat> better and which I, that's not crazy it makes sense that a band would get better and better and better as they go on that's they're fucking supposed to yeah but i mean yes and no because like you know the every band reaches a point where new stuff isn't good like i and i don't mean like the yeah, new uh, songs yeah. aren't good i i just mean like they're not they're growing still but like in the wrong direction or 
or you know that the passion is gone and they're just churning it out kind of thing yeah so but so it's to me it is kind of rare that a band does for well in this day and age four good albums is a lot i don't don't have a bad album all of their albums are really really fucking good every one of them is good well back in the day like i don't know i i hate classic rock but you you talk to any classic rock people like oh they got 10 great albums it's nobody makes 10 great albums anymore it just doesn't happen Oh, hello. It's our anniversary today. Oh, fuck. What are we doing, man? Why are we was, recording on your anniversary? Because it's six years isn't a super significant number. Oh, well, happy anniversary. Tell Greg I said happy anniversary. Thanks. Happy anniversary, he said. He's peeing. I don't think he heard me over his loud ass pee. <laughs> that motherfucker pee loud as hell. <laughs> I'm sure he wants that out there in public. Who's gonna Whatever. Who's gonna know? Who's gonna care? Chris said, "Happy anniversary." All right, cool. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell him I'm, I said I'm sorry. You guys, have, I got you doing this on your anniversary. I had no idea. He says he's sorry that we're doing this on our anniversary. He also knows that if I have a chance to fucking do this, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> I know. I, well, this isn't I, easy I, to make happen. <laughs> I know, but I didn't know this was. I now He'll, I feel extra bad. Well, he said nothing to be sorry about. And All we right, spent well. the, the whole day together. Okay. Well, so it was fine. Cool. Cool. Anyway, right. what are you listening to currently? Oh, there's a fucking new Blink song. Yeah. I was, I was wondering when that was going to come up. I know you're, not, you're not crazy about it, right? It's fine. I don't hate it. They also have a tendency to, like, their first single during an album rollout is never that strong. Yeah. So I, I do have hopes it'll be good, but also... I don't know. I miss the non-John Feldman blank a lot. I was going to say this. This was like very, very, very Feldman. Like it it sounded like a Goldfinger album. (laughs) It it sounds really good. So good. But it's It's so well produced, I should say. Yeah, it's so clean and loud and it sounds great. But I don't know. There's like, like you've listened to it a couple times. Yeah. There's like the whole like the like the don't you know parts where it's like yeah like cheerleader ish yeah I see that I it also like, it has like a hokey country swing to it I don't know it's bo- it's very bouncy but I I like it I, I like the it's it's catchy it's got a good lighthearted feel to it and I I'll tell you what it's just cool hearing their aged voices together now you know. Yeah, they like they they sound old now, but they're they they're do. fucking fifty. Yeah, they still. But I mean, it is still absolutely Mark and Tom. But it's thirty years later, Mark and Tom. You know, and right out the gate, he talks about fucking a girl in church, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> here we go. This this is fine. And I do like that it starts with like the flange drums, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, blink. Okay, yeah, that's blink. I like that. I'm feeling this, but. Exactly. Uh, Fun fact, actually, the flanger on that is someone putting their thumb on an actual tape. Really? Yeah, which is kind of neat. On, on feeling neat. this, I'm sure on the new song, it's just a Feldman. It's just plug-in. digital, yeah, because yeah. everything is. I really so I love that though. I love that. I love that little 
note because I love little recording things like that. Yeah, it's That's- a fun little little piece of information there. Hmm, that is fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what are you listening to right now? I have been listening to. Well, speaking of Blink One Eighty Two, uh, I have actually the last couple of days been way way back into Turnstile. Um, I listened to uh, Glow On and Time and Space a couple of times each the last few days because they're they're touring with Blink One Eighty Two. In case in case anybody missed the connection there, uh, yeah. they're touring they're touring with Blink One Eighty Two in North America next year. <laughs> Turnstile's playing at the United Center. I know it's so crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, so Hate Five Six, uh, Sonny from Hate Five Six is a big Turnstile fan. And he's recorded them several times at several shows. And he just posted one of their sets yesterday. Um, I don't remember where it was at, but it was this cool, like, I don't know. It almost looked like a, uh, like a, a, a conference room or not a conference room. What am I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It looked like, uh, like a hotel, like one of those big rooms you would rent out at a hotel for like, yeah, for a conference or or a, or even a wedding reception or something, you know. There was obviously no tables and chairs in it, but it was that sure, style, like a, like a convention center type of thing. Yes, goddamn! Why couldn't I think? Because I um, um, are you are you talking about the Brooklyn Bowl? I don't know. Maybe Th- they played a massive show with like an insane amount of people that they've well, been posting was, pictures of. It was the, whatever this place was. It was super super crowded inside, and the, like. It was so cool whenever he panned out to the crowd, like wall to wall. It was like tens of thousands of people. And everybody's moving and dancing and having a good time. And uh, it just looked like such a party. And fucking and, like, he kind of he said he said like in his post about it, he was just like, you know, if you have a chance to see Turnstile on this current tour right now, go see them because you will never see them on a small stage again. No, just, the the next time Turnstile is headlining and they play Chicago, they're gonna probably be where, like the Riviera, maybe, or Wrigley Bigger. Field, maybe. They could do Turnstile's so- not gonna fucking headline Dude. Wrigley Field, man. Dude, why not? They're the, the biggest, the last like rock band, right like because like Weezer and Pearl Jam headline Wrigley Field. Turnstile is not Weezer or Pearl Jam. <laughs> Well, not maybe because they haven't like they don't have the longevity of it, but they're yeah, absolutely maybe in like twenty right years. Now. But like, no, they are so fucking huge. If they when they headline, they're gonna have to get like a fucking like eight to ten cap room. They they could probably headline next year. They could probably headline uh, what is it now? Hollywood Casino, Amphitheater, or whatever. The Tweeter, yeah, Tinley. Yeah, I, I don't know whatever it's called. I just always call it. Tinley, I know it's that's Tinley. what it is to me. That's that's probably the next headlining spot they'll play in Chicago. That tracks actually. Yeah. Crazy. I know it's yeah, nuts, man. Good for them. It's when for, I saw the the, uh, the initial Blink tour announcement, and I saw all, I thought we got all of those bands. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. holy shit! Look at this show. That would have been, and you know what? For what I just paid for my two Blink tickets, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have, have stopped- to disclose it, but it's oh. uh, it's an astronomical amount. <laughs> yeah, it's a stupid. I could have bought a car, like a uh, decent one. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, I, I actually, I wouldn't have felt bad about paying that if it was that full line, like everybody on that poster. That I wouldn't have felt bad about for just turnstile and blink. I, I could have got a brand new American Fender and like five pedals. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm absolutely having buyer's remorse on that, but don't though. Whatever. Well, it, well, I don't know. You know, my my wife uh, was she pissed? No, no, she was she actually legitimately she was just like, well, yeah, we we gotta go. Like those are the only tickets we can get. We gotta go. So. I really like when you told me that, like, I haven't told her she's about to wake up. I'm going to tell her. I'm like, she's going to fucking burn your house. Down. I know. No, man. She was so, so cool about it. So. Wow. I, I, well, I, I told you, like, literally, I don't know, a couple of days before the tickets went on sale, when, when the news first leaked that Tom was joining Blink on a tour next year, mm-hmm. the, the very first thing she said to me is, we have to get tickets when they come to Chicago. So I pre-sale was just so crazy. Yeah. And I, I tried my best to get every section and every seat I could. And finally I landed on those, which they're, I mean, at least they're great seats. Like, yeah, that's very true. For, that's for cool. what I paid for them. I would have been pissed if they were up in the 200 section or 300 section, even, but no, you, you are, that's going to be a really special thing. I'm really hoping I can sneak into the pit from there. Yeah. I saw, I heard the pit passes were only 250 bucks. I would have fucking done that anytime. You know, I don't need a seat. What, what am I? It's not like you're going to be sitting down anyway. No, I know. Else. That's what I'm saying. I, I would, I'd be happy to be in the pit, especially for, I, I want to match for turnstile. I don't know True. if I'm match for blink, but I want to match for turnstile. The last turnstile. time I saw blink at the United center was December 13th, 2001. Which is also Tom DeLong's birthday. Oh. I was so wondering birthday. why you knew that date so specifically. Uh, it's also my sister's birthday. Okay. Okay. Fair but, enough. Uh, Tom DeLong means substantially more to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Fuck, uh, where was I? Oh, what you're listening listen, to. <laughs> I was listening to a lot of Turnstile uh, these last couple of days since I bought the tickets. I, and I, I'm very hyped on seeing them again. Um, Hell yeah, man. Uh, I have been listening to, uh, let's see. I actually don't even know. I, I mean, no, nobody you're interested in peeling flesh. I've been listening to them a lot. Don't know who that is. Uh, this band, this, uh, black and death metal band that, uh, my band played with a few weeks back. Uh, they released an EP, uh, the band's called Selenoplexia, which is, Really complicated. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. There was another band that you talked about. You played with them recently, and you said their name. And they were about to put something out, so I listened oh, to them. Moynock, and it's fucking sick, dude. Moynock is so fucking good. Yeah, I got that album on vinyl too. So I, that that is, oof. I'm I'm super into them right now too. I like. I really like that. That's. I'm glad you like it. I, I know that that's like a special branch of metal that like. It's not for everybody. And and to be completely honest, until just recently, I wasn't really into black and death at all. But something's just flipped in my head recently and I, I get it now and it's I, I love it. I love like how ambient it is and like it's, it's like just, a it's wall of sound all music. the time. Yeah, it's so I like cool. It. Yeah, it's, they're they're yeah. very big and they're very I would imagine live they're very fucking loud. They were very, very loud and they were 
just intense, like just, they had all the lights off and shit. Like it, it was, it was so fun watching them. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Moynock, Telenoplexia, Peeling Flesh, Pediatrician, all heavy shit, and then Turnstile. <laughs> cool. And then I also started digging into a bunch of uh, a bunch of solid state bands, but I don't want to name any names yet because a couple of them uh, are on my list. So sure, I will say a couple of things before we get into the lists. Okay. Um, I don't want to necessarily burst because this album I'm going to mention isn't on my list. Okay. But it, it might be on yours, so I don't want to. Okay. I don't, I I don't do. think it would be. Okay. I have a couple extras just in case. So. Okay. Um, is Chasing Safety on your list? No. Chasing Safety is the most important album that Solid State ever released. I will agree with that. It's and there's no way that that's anyone would be like. Oh, I'm sure it's like no, you're literally wrong. Like that's almost a factual statement. There, that, so. that is, Solid State never put out a more important or culturally impactful album than their own Chasing Safety by Under Oath in 2004. I I do agree with that, and it's uh it's not my favorite Under Oath. No, mine um, either. But it is uh, I mean it was it, it launched them in a it, trajectory it, that it like changed everything yeah it absolutely did Uh, also another little quick thing i will say um tooth and nail was always in in solid state they're like really ahead of the curve of what's just going on um Mm -hmm. so like in 2000 early 2004 um like around chasing safety dropping um mall emo wasn't the biggest thing in the world yet, but it was very shortly about to be. Yeah. And, um, dead poetic put out new medicines. Um, and they're like, Hey, this is, uh, this album could be fucking huge. So we're not going to release it just on solid state. We're also going to release it on tooth and nail because it's kind of digestible and melodic. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, it's on both labels. Uh, that would, that would have been like my number fucking two, but since yeah. it's, it's a double label album, I left it out. But I just did want to mention how unreasonably good of an album New Medicines by Dead Poetic is. I absolutely agree. It's such absolutely a great agree. fucking album. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, like, whoever's listening, what Solid State Records is, um, you probably do. That's why you fucking clicked on this. But um, <laughs> Tooth and Nail Records is a, a Christian-based independent music label, and they put out a bunch of amazing bands all the time constantly for the last like 30 something years and solid state is their heavy imprint mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's all i got for that and, yeah, uh, and once we start- nail records and solid state records mean way 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 fucking too much to me i i agree you know that's uh, you know even though like neither of us are religious people fucking nuts. um so christian a christian label doesn't mean anything to me on an it album. did when i was a child not not a child when i was a teenager it was a big deal to me but um but it was just cool that the music in that this churchy world didn't suck and it was amazing music i was gonna say regardless um especially in the world what i've discovered personally and this is with my personal taste i feel like uh christian metal 
has a tendency to outdo regular bands. You know, so, so, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, secular. secular bands. Yeah, Christian metal bands just tend to be better, better than secular bands. Because they, they have to <laughs> prove themselves. Exactly. That's the ones that actually get to the point where like where where we know about them. I'm sure there are tons of Christian rock bands and Christian even Christian metal bands that just suck ass. But yeah, but, Demon Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um but yeah by the time actually you know Demon Hunter I watched a couple of songs of theirs at Furnace Fest. And live they're probably very sick. Yeah. Yeah, they um, were. They, I, they're I an incredibly important band under the Solid State umbrella. They sold a lot of records. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying they were sick, but they they were all right. They were cool. They were better than I expected them to be because I'm not into them at all. Um, yeah, but. I I didn't like them when I was young, but I remember them being fucking huge. So pretty recently, I was like, I'm gonna listen to Demon Hunter, and I'm yeah. Gonna, what a great name for a Christian metal band. I know. I, and you know, th- that's the thing that's crazy. Like I remember most of my, like I, not adult life, but my young adult life, I guess I remember thinking, Oh yeah. Demon hunter rules. And like, Oh, they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. Why wouldn't they be? And, and then I, it wasn't until recently that maybe I realized like, Shit, have I just never listened to them and I just assumed they were great because of who they play with? No, and, yeah, because they're very big, but they're literally yeah. butt metal. Yeah, I so like they sound like disturbed kind of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, I'm I don't, I don't like them. So whatever. You say they're not on my list. No, mine either. But uh, from I won't go super heavy with my honorables. I'll just mention them okay you know? yeah sure but uh do you have five and five yes i uh, well okay. i technically i have 11 right now but i one two of them i'm gonna combine when we get there so okay well do you want me to start with the honorables then sure sure uh my first honorable is waking giants by life in your way i almost put that on my list i figured you were going to so i left it off on purpose um that song reached the end when it starts with that fucking bass tone, just that do 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 Um Life in Your Way is almost like a a more boring counterparts. I can see that. A lot of really melodic riffs, like really melodic riffs. They almost they kind of sound like stole away. Um but melodic riffs are really almost thin. brash throaty vocals Mm -hmm. i mean they're just a good like melodic hardcore metal core i don't know they're somewhere between i actually had to look up so their uh vocalist to me sounds a lot like uh strong arm yeah so i actually had to look it up and make sure it wasn't oh no I didn't think so, but I I had to look them up recently. Yeah, but you never I, know because these these dudes in these bands they, on these labels they were in every one of them. Exactly. That's why that's why I had to look into it just to just to know for sure. But, but yeah, that's uh, my yeah. first honorable. It's a great fucking record. I really okay. love it. Um, my first honorable uh, is Embodiment. Embrace the Eternal from 1998. Um, Embodiment is just a sick metalcore 
kind of death metal leaning metalcore, but not quite deathcore, if that makes any sense. Embodiment was some fucking overlooked pioneers, man. Yeah. Embodiment was around a long time ago, and no one was doing that. They were super heavy and super creative, and uh, that album is just for for an album in 1998. It had no business being released in 1998. The album after that, um, what the fuck is it called? I, anyway, I like I like that one a lot. Yeah, but uh, that's yeah. that's our thing, though. You like the album yeah, before for, the one, okay? <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> Good, really, really good call. Yeah, yeah, really I, good call. I, I that was one of them that like I I was looking through all the solid state releases and I kept skipping past it and then I was like, wait a minute, I got to go back and listen to this album again because I I probably haven't heard it in fifteen years, you know. And I was like, holy shit, man, I'm I'm even I'm sleeping on these guys. So I, I yeah, I, dude, bought me a fucking yeah, rules, man. So fucking good. They were. At Cornerstone, I only saw them at Cornerstone, I think, once or twice. And both times, I didn't... It was, it was like, early 2000s, so my grasp on, like, what good metalcore really was wasn't yeah. super strong. But I remember watching them just be like, holy shit, this band is good. Yeah. Very heavy, very awesome. Uh, my next honorable is When Everything Falls by Haste of the Day. Okay. I love this record. It is... Very corny. It's very corny. It's very yep. cheesy. Um, it's mostly breakdowns. Um, yeah, I mean catchy riffs. A and, lot of breakdowns. But dude, it this record is so good. <laughs> it's it is a good album. Definitely far from my favorite, but I like it. I like it a lot. Wouldn't it be your second favorite Haste Today record? I think so. Maybe. Also, I'm pretty sure Haste Today has released like three albums that I've never even heard. I yeah, me neither. I know there's something about <laughs> what is the Wolf one? Attack of the Wolf King. Was the, is that the one with both Jimmy and No, that's Coward? Haste like day the last one? Day? No, that was a live album, I think. Haste the Day versus Haste the Day was the live album? Yeah, and it's both of them. But they did it I think their their last full length they did Coward was both Steven and Jimmy Ryan. That sounds right. I don't know, whatever. Uh, what everything yeah. falls fucking rips, though. It's a bunch of really good choruses and breakdowns. It's like a Goo Goo Dolls cover, which is tight. Um, it's a great album. Love it. Yep. Okay. That's all I got for it. Sick. Uh, next, I'm going to go with uh, Advent Remove the Earth from 2008. Um, just because I fucking love Advent. I didn't put uh, any Advent on here because I figured you would. Yeah. Uh, Advent for anybody not familiar, uh, the drummer from Beloved. Uh, it's his. I, well, I was gonna say new band, but they're not new. They're already. It's the band that old. he uh, he left Beloved for. <laughs> yeah, and he's the vocalist, and he's uh, arguably a better vocalist than drummer, but he's a sick drummer too. So he's I don't a know. great drummer. The bass player uh, from Beloved is also an Advent too. That super tall guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, he's so tall. He's I, so remember, tall. <laughs> I remember seeing them at the Metro, and that it was like, it, it was honestly, it was like, that was, I, I couldn't stop staring at him the whole time I was watching them. He's uh, like, oh, you're a freak. <laughs> he's tall and super skinny and like fucking just gangly, you know? 
Yeah. But God, anyway, Advent rules, man. Advent, Advent is uh, exponentially heavier than Beloved ever was. Uh, they're they're like <laughs> Beloved's kind of mellow in this regard. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're kind of like the converge of Christian metalcore. Okay. I, okay. I I I feel like they sound and I don't know I, I I talked to somebody else about this recently and they didn't really hear it either but I feel like when I listen to Advent it it brings me back to like Jane Doe era converge um, I've never considered this parallel but I totally see it <laughs> fair enough I, and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just completely wrong on it I, who knows but I that's what that's where no, my I like head that. goes I think that's cool but. Uh, yeah. What did I say hey, today? Uh, I am Hollywood, but he is legend. Okay, sick. I, I I debated about putting that on my list, but I I never got I never got into that full album as much as I just really like that song. I am Hollywood. Sure, a lot. Um, he is legend. They're still around. They've put out a bunch of albums. Yeah. Uh, I've never given a shit about one besides this album. Yeah, but this album is super super good. It's <laughs> it's, it is a very, di- it's dirty. Yeah. It's a very it's it's got that gritty southern every time I die feel to it, um, and I kind of I I don't dig on the southern stuff as much as apparently everybody else does. No, but, I don't either. But that album is, and for as much southern rock shit as there is in it, it's also just really good otherwise. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great album. Melodically, there's a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of cool riffs. The production's awesome. Uh, the artwork was really cool. Just it's just a great record. I really I really love that album. I just I always remember that the song "I Am Hollywood." Um, there's a breakdown where that's those are the lyrics to the breakdown. Is I am Hollywood. I am Hollywood. It's, yeah, it's sick, dude. And I, uh, for a while, I don't even remember how or why this happened, but for a while, my nickname with my group of friends was Hollywood Chris Plant. So on my MySpace, uh, I isolated that part of the He Is Legend song and I embedded it into my MySpace. So whenever anybody yeah. on my space page, it would just play that over and over again while they were the whole time they were on my page. Was it um was it a hocus pocus thing that they called you Hollywood? I don't I don't think so, but it's possible. It better be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I honestly don't know. So I no I don't know who if anybody listening to this would know him, but Matt Pariso nicknamed me Hollywood. I oh, I shout out Matt Pariso. Yeah, I know, right? He was a good um, dude. I don't remember why I was Hollywood. I don't I don't know if there even was a reason for it, but just one time we were hanging out and he said something about, hey, Hollywood, and it stuck for... Hollywood! It stuck for like a year and a half with that group, so... That's weird. I know. I st- whatever. It was, a, it was a time and place, and... I get it. Cool, uh, man. That's tight. And, I like that. And that song, that song was there, so I used it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Well, uh, what's your next one? My next one, I'm going to go with. Uh, I didn't put these in order, so I'm just kind of pulling them as I go. That's okay. Honorables um, don't really count. I hope this one's not on your list, but it's possible it could be. Uh, I'm going to go with Figure Four Suffering the Loss from 2003. 
It's not on my list. Um, it's the only album they did put out on Solid State. Their other two yep. were on Face Down, and I think yep. they just kind of got absorbed when Brandon Ebel bought Face Down from Chad Johnson. Yep. Um, great fucking and band. It's a great band, great fucking album. This was, so I feel like, you know, back in 2003, Comeback Kid was still doing like, what would that have been, like broadcasting? 2003? No, that's like Turn It Around. That's like early Comeback Kid. Broadcasting came out in like 2011 or something. No way. Was it that late? Wait the Dead came out in 2005. No, really? Or maybe 2006. It had to have been earlier than that, wasn't it? No, I th- I'm pretty sure Turn It Around is their first album with the, the yeah. guy with the, the bloody heart on his shirt. That, I'm pretty sure that came out in 2003. Yeah, I mean, first comeback kid album, last figure four album, two, both 2003 makes sense. I guess. But either way, so my point was going to be, though, that at that time, comeback kid had that more of a punky almost more melodic feel and uh meanwhile figure four kind of sounded like what comeback kid became once newfeld took over vocals like the die knowing kind of like heavier right. like more ass beater hardcore the more, like the, the, more, the when they started getting more like youth crewy mm-hmm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. so i i feel like you absolutely, if you listen to Figure Four Suffering the Loss, you can absolutely hear the influence that Andrew Newfeld had on Comeback Kid by the time he joined, and you, you hear how much heavier they got. And, yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not saying they got rid of the melody because there's still a lot of like guitar melody and stuff, yeah. but it, it's not quite as, uh, it's not quite as like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's a, there's a distinct sound that they transitioned from like a more upbeat, I guess, happier melodic to like a darker, angrier melodic. You know, does that make any sense? That absolutely makes sense. I completely understand what you mean. So. Very cool. That's a super good call. Also, I briefly met Andrew Newfeld at Furnace Fest, and I made a gigantic asshole of myself when I met him. Um, and I'm just really hoping that, like, he looked like he was, like, really drunk or something. Uh, uh, he so. smokes, like, pounds of weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise So, so hopefully he forgot fine. that interaction within, like, 10 seconds. He did. Because I worry about felt it, like man. such a jackass. Don't worry about it. But super nice dude. Oh, sure. Andrew, Andrew Newfeld's <laughs> awesome. And he cut all his hair off, so I almost didn't even recognize him. But he was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's my next one? Rituals of Life by Stretch Armstrong. Okay. I I specifically left Stretch Armstrong off my list because I knew you would have them on yours. Um, When you talk about bands like Figure Four or like Life in Your Way, um, Stretch Armstrong fits that for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I guess for a lack of a better term, they're just cookie cutter melodic hardcore. Yeah. They play traditional melodic hardcore. They just do it really fucking well. But um, would you? Wouldn't you almost say that they like? They were one of the bands that like made the cookie cutter. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, totally. So it's it's almost like the, I, I was going to say I wouldn't lump them into that like basic melodic hardcore. They were the basic melodic hardcore 
that a lot of bands model themselves on now. Oh, sure. I remember seeing that. I've seen Stretch Armstrong like 10 times. Um, They were on, I want to say, the Honda Civic Tour, maybe, in 2003 with Good Charlotte and NFG. And I want to say maybe Sugar Called or somebody else. Okay. But I was like, this weird Stretch Armstrong is here. Um, and I was already really familiar with Stretch Armstrong from like Cornerstone and shit and like Face Down Records and stuff and Solid State and all that. But uh, yeah, great album, fast, catchy r- octave riffs and stuff. Great, great band. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Armstrong. And I think I think Rituals is probably my favorite of their albums. I like Transmission a lot too. Um, I like everything they've done, but. I yeah. really, really, I don't really like the this album's the most special to me. You know, I'm, I'm not in. I don't like the covers. Um, dude, the pink, dude, their their pink cover is tight, dude. <laughs> I just, I'm not in. I'm not into covers as much. I don't know why. I think we've talked about that before. I, even though we did an entire episode about cover songs, but <laughs> the last one, yeah, literally the last episode we did was about cover songs. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, where are we at? This is, is this our last honorable? This is our last honorable. We each got one more. Uh, wait. So I did Advent. I did Figure Four. I did Embodiment. Mm-hmm. Are those the only three I did then? I okay, started- so yeah, this will be my fourth. You, you, this is your fourth you just did? Yeah. So You started. So, yeah, so this will be my fourth. Okay. Okay. So you, my you and I fourth, have one. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, for my fourth, I am going to go um, Under Oath, Changing the Times, from 2002. That's the Under Oath album you picked? Yeah. Of their I, entire I, catalog that they have of amazing fucking albums? <laughs> I like I liked the Changing the Times. I, I mean, I like the Changing the Times, too. But, we've like, discussed, fucking Christ. We've, like, we've discussed this a lot. I... I don't, I am not into, I, everybody on earth loves Under Oath, and I think I can safely say I don't really like them that much. Then I don't think that there's a couple of records that they put out that I don't think you fucking listened to then, because there's no way you wouldn't love them. Like what? Name them. The one I'm going to mention later on my list. Okay. I know. I think I know which one you're going to mention. And no, I like you don't. It. No, you don't. If it's one of the new ones, like. They're on Fearless now. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, they wouldn't be on solid state because they say fuck on their records now. Uh, um, yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Under Oath, The Changing of Times, it resonates with me. That was the first time I saw them was they uh, they were touring that record. Um, and I just, there's a, there's a few songs on that album I really, really like. That um, fucking ass beater riff and a message to Adrian that it's fucking mm-hmm. that's tough as fuck. I I really that album was really different from anything I was listening to at the time. Um, sure, it was different I, than anything that was really coming out at the time. Yeah, and honestly, it's different than anything they've done since. You know, like they once they moved on. I'm not gonna name. Because I, I don't know what you have on your list, but once they moved on from this album, they never sounded the same again. Um, and every album they've put out after this all kind of sound different. Oh, I thought they all kind of sound 
the same. <laughs> they they all they all they all got darker and weirder and vibier and heavier as time went on. All right. I, I, I'm going to have to give them another chance because everybody on earth loves them and I just don't get it, but okay. You Either way, I love this album. Honorable I mention. like that album too. Changing in times. Uh, all right. Uh, my last honorable is unbreakable by my, uh, uh, my children, my bread. There's another band. I, I never got into them. They're just like tough guy, hardcore, but also metalcore. So, and they're they're fucking sick as hell. So I didn't I didn't watch them at first. Okay. Um, if, am I incorrect? And I probably am because I, I never I never got into them, so I never paid them that much attention. Are they one of those bands that like wore all the eyeliner and shit? And I don't think so. Like Do almost you remember like white when, style when you first got your very first MySpace ever. Do you remember X Matthew X, who was everyone's friend? The guy with the huge plugs. He was everybody's friend. He was like the first guy on MySpace. Probably. That's that's their, that's their singer. Okay. Um, he was just like the first dude that ever had a MySpace and ever. And he was everybody's friend. It was everyone knew who he was just because I don't know. It was just some guy. It was just a scene guy. And it made sense because that's how MySpace worked. Yeah. And like I saw him like, wow, this guy's fucking plugs are crazy huge. I'm gonna look at his profile and he had all this Jesus shit in his bio. And I'm like, this guy rules. He goes, Oh, my band got signed a solid state, blah, blah, blah. And they're sick. They're it's super heavy, a lot of chuggy, corny breakdowns and slams and generic metalcore riffs, but it's fucking tight. I will I, I tried listening to them a couple of times. We the, listened to them the- here after the um the Mount Rushmore episode with Jason, we played a couple of those. Songs. I know. I was, I, I was going to say in the weeks leading up to Furnace Fest, I wanted to check them out. So I, I listened to them a few times just to kind of wrap my head around them to see if I wanted to watch them or not. And ultimately, I decided not to watch them, if that tells you <laughs> how much I was Can into you watch it. Counterparts but, instead? Yeah. Yeah. And Counterparts is fucking sick. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, I... I I don't dislike them, I guess. I just, uh, I, I think they just came out at a time that they were doing something I just didn't care about. So I, I just, I, get did, that. I didn't get into it. Fair so. enough. Cool. Well, yeah, that's um, all my honorables. What's your last one? My last honorable, I'm just going to go ahead and toss this one in my honorables because we already spent an entire episode talking about Norma Jean's Bless the Martyr. Okay, fair. Um, that didn't make your list. It, well, it would have, but I'm just saying, like, I since we already talked enough about yeah, it, right, I have a, right, I've got right. five other albums I'd rather talk about. So fair enough, I get um, it. Respect. So yeah, Bless the Martyr, 2002, uh, the album with Josh Scogan, Scogan, not Scogan, um, before cool. he moved on to the Chariot. So uh, yeah, it's a good album. Great album. Agreed. It's good. It's a good enough album that we did an entire episode just on that album. So, and it changed a lot of stuff for heavy music yeah. in general. So I get it. Well, that brings us to so, our list. Um, do you want to yep. take like five before we get into the list? Because I got to pee. I, that's on you, man. Go ahead. Um, I fuck it. I'm not gonna stop. I'm just gonna let it run.
Okay, I'm back. He's back. All right. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Because we're, we're doing our actual list now. Yeah, um, I guess I could start. So I have, a, I have a feeling that at least a couple of these we're going to have the same. I, like we've mentioned 10 albums already that did not overlap once. So yeah. now we're going to it's going to happen at least twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. But, all right. What's Actually, your number five? OK, so um, for number five. I'll go with uh, Strong Arm, The Advent of a Miracle, 1997. Okay, well, we overlapped here with one. <laughs> it wasn't my number five, though. Oh, okay. You got it higher? Yeah, it's fucking um, Advent of a Miracle by Strong yeah, Arm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I, I have it as my number three. Okay. Um, it is the first album Solid State put out. Yeah. yeah. And it's super, super fucking sick. If it came out today, I'd be like, this band rules. Yeah, yeah, and for it sure. Came out in 1990 fucking seven. Yeah, it's so, so good. Um, and Strong Arm uh, went on to be, it, is it the entire band or minus? Uh, bass player, drummer. It's only two of them? I believe Or so. minus the bass player and drummer. No, the bass player and the drummer, maybe a guitar player. I don't remember. I should know this because Further Seems Forever is like one of my favorite bands of all yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but be the Seems bass Forever. player and the drummer were both in Strong Room. For okay. sure. I mean, possibly a guitar player, maybe. I could, man, I could have sworn it was like three or four guys, but I, I might have that wrong. Um, but yeah. Uh, and, and it's crazy, too, like the difference between Strong Arm and Further Seems Forever. Um, but. I I strong arm is just fast metalcore. Yeah, they're, and for this forever is really complex, super complex emo. So, strong arm to me is Christian Shy Halud. Strong arm to everyone is Christian Shy Halud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if you like Shy Halud and you've never heard Strong Arm, you absolutely have to check out Advent of a Miracle. It's amazing. And you don't have to fuck with the Lord to really like Strong Arm. No. Honestly, I don't even know any of their lyrics anyway. I, I just listen to it because I like the sound. Um, They were like a whole ass like ministry that was their thing. Yeah. I can see um, that. But uh, amazing fucking band. Yeah. But yeah, shit. Yeah, we uh we did overlap on on okay. the one, one. So my number five is uh, Liberate Te Ex Inferis. I could be saying that wrong. Um, it's Latin for "Save Yourself from Hell," and it is, I think, the third album by Zayo. Okay, I do. I, I so I don't have any Zayo on my list. Um, I know Zayo is one of the. I I love Zayo. <laughs> Um, but I've never gotten into the Zayo to the point where, like, I don't know any of their albums. I don't even know any of their song titles, really. I just, like, pop on Zayo, like, you know, the Zayo station on Spotify or something, mm -hmm. and just kind of jam out, but, like... You know, dude, Zayo fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Zayo a lot, and they, they're a band that just, like, has kept evolving throughout the course of their career. Their very long career. Same front man, whole time. Yeah. Rare. That's cool. R like, legitimately, like, actually rare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's their first album they did without Brett Dieter, um, because that's when he decided he wanted to do Juliana Theory full time. So he owned that. Um, it's really it's and it's got like all the fucking rippers, like uh, it's like Savannah and shit is on there. Um, it's just a great album. It was for like it came out in what ninety nine, and at that time, Zayo's always been first in metal pro. like they did everything before everybody yeah Zayo needs to be I shouldn't say respected more because in their own regard and in their world Zayo is respected fucking heavily like yeah. heavily but like Zayo needs more man yeah I, I agree Zayo's amazing I agree but yeah that's uh that's my number five is uh that Latin shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number four. Uh, I'm going to go with the chariot. Uh, everything is alive. Everything is breathing. Nothing is dead. Nothing is bleeding from 2004. Fucking their, right on. Their first full length album. Um, it's not my favorite chariot album. My favorite. It is my favorite chariot album. My favorite. This this may be a surprise, but my favorite is actually Long Live, which is their last album. Um, but uh, that's not on Solid State, so uh, that's why. I didn't what was it on? Uh, Good Fight. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I think remember it was the only album that was not on Solid State. Probably. I remember seeing the Chariot on this album cycle a couple of times. And just never had seen anything like this in my life. Yeah. I just chaos. So I remember when this album came out, um, I was working at a Best Buy. Uh, you worked at Best Buy? Just for one Christmas. Oh, right on. Was it tight? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was terrible. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Best Buy. It was Circuit City. I oh, worked Sky at Circuit Point. City. Sky Point, Circuit yeah, City. Yeah. Um, yeah, I worked there for one Christmas season and, uh, it sucked. I was in merchandising, so I sold CDs and, uh, video games and movies. That, and on, that sounds cool. On, on paper. Yeah. It sounds great. But yeah, it's just, I would love to it was that. not, it was just not a fun place to work. Like, um, I don't know. There was a lot of pressure to like, we don't have to get into the why it sucked. It just sucked. Fair, because um, it's a retail job, and it was Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's fair. Okay, I get it. I, you know, actually, okay, I do have to tell this one story because sure, uh, do it. I've I've told people about this, and actually, this is one of Matt Pariso. Speaking of Matt Pariso from earlier, oh uh, yeah, yeah cool. His, his favorite stories that I've ever told. Uh, so I was working Black Friday at Circuit City, and um, at the time, Celine Dion had just released some kind of album about like, I think she was pregnant or she had just had, she was about to have a baby or something. So like, there's this whole album she did about this pregnancy or about having a baby or whatever. Sandy on pregnancy album. Yeah. Yeah. What is specific? Do you know about this? Celine Dion's pregnancy album. Oh, okay. It was like 2005 or something. 2005, I think. Sick. 
Celine Dion fucking um, slams though, dude. Right. Yeah. Um, but I just remember I'm working at Best Buy, fucking Circuit City, and uh, it's like you know Black Friday back then. It wasn't like the doors open at midnight or earlier kind of thing. No, it was like every, every store opened at like five a.m. You know. Yeah. So we had to get there at like four o'clock, make sure we were in position and everything was all stocked up and uh, the doors open at five and almost immediately this dude, which I have no idea this, he does not seem like the type to be out black Friday shopping comes in with like this fucking stained beat up, like holes in it, Metallica shirt, t-shirt in November. Um, and like these these fucking holy jeans, uh, he, you know he had like stale coffee breath, and uh, just fucking redneck. Like walks up to me and says, uh, "Yeah, I'm looking for some chick, something about a baby." Exact words, exact words. I'm looking for some chick, something about a baby, and I'm like. Okay, what? well, what is it? Like, what do you? Is this? Are, is this a movie? Are you it's want, a video it, game? Yeah, are you want, looking for a movie about? Like, are you looking for nine months on DVD or something? Are you? You know, what? What is this? Nah, man, it's this new thing. It's some chick, something about a baby. I don't know. My for my fucking wife, you know. And I was like, okay. That shit doesn't help me at all, man. Like this is the best story I've ever heard. Dude, I, I was I was flabbergasted. Like this dude, like that's all he could give me the whole time. Some chick, something about a baby. And then finally this other girl I was working with walks up and like she could see I was visibly confused. And he says the same thing to her. Yeah, man, this guy doesn't know. I'm looking for some chick some chick, something about a baby. And she was like, oh, that's probably that new Celine Dion album. And I'm like, fucking what? Like, <laughs> that's what you got out of this? And it was. It was what you <laughs> I was, dude, it was nuts. It was nuts. And that's when I realized, like, I don't need to be here. Like, I don't want this. <laughs> this oh, is not man. I, the only thing I lo- don't love about that story is that it didn't happen to me. <laughs> that is so yeah. awesome it was it's it's a fun one it's i i enjoy i enjoy re- i've known you and I, i've talked to you every day for the last like i don't know a really long time yeah never heard this yeah i it How, was a, like this awesome. is what you lead with when you meet people I know it's one of those things that like it's buried in the back of my head and it only should be- not be. It should be tattooed on your throat. <laughs> Very specific things trigger it, which is Such why a great story. Uh, so to, to bring it back to the episode now, though, right? Yeah, uh, let's do that. The chariot. Uh, everything's alive. So this had to have been this had to have been, I guess. No, it couldn't have been 2004. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been December 2004 is the year I graduated. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, we had at, at that circuit city, we had one copy of that cherry album on sure. CD and which I was surprised there was even that many in the store. And, uh, there was this dude working there. There was me and this other dude that got hired in as seasonal help. Um, 
And we were the only two people in the entire merchandise area that were into any kind of metal. But I was into like hardcore metalcore. And this dude was into like, you know, whatever. He, he fucking, he looked like, do you remember that dude that was on um, American Idol, Bo Bice? I know the name. He had like the leather cuffs and the long hair, you know. Do you know the American Idol metal guy? It was seasons and seasons ago. It was like maybe season two or something. Oh, okay. He sounds tight. He looks. He looked like the singer from Saliva. That was Bo Bice. Fuck but, yeah. also, but also, it was this dude from Circuit City also. So when this album was sitting there on the shelf, I just kind of offhand mentioned him. I was like, oh, shit, I got to grab that before somebody else does. And he was like, oh, is that, that band good? I've never heard of him, The Chariot. And I was like, yeah, dude. I was, I was like, if you like Norma Jean, he's like, oh, I don't know who Norma Jean is. I was like, well, trust me, it's fucking, it's heavy, it's good. And I went to go grab it at the end of my shift that day, and that fucker had already bought it, so I didn't get it. I ended up But that guy would have never known at all, even to this day, would have never been introduced to anything in that world at all. And he might like a lot of cool stuff now. He probably listens to country now. (laughs) But, um... Yeah. I'm sure he does. Yeah, Yeah, fair Um, enough. But, uh... That's cool. I opened, I opened his eyes, but I, I still wanted that CD. So, but you got it somewhere. Yeah, I have a burned copy of it, so it's good enough. Sure. All right. So, All right. man, that was a long time for my number four. <laughs> so that brings me. That would bring me to my number four. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lost in the Sound of Separation from 2008 by Under Oath. Okay, I that is not on my list. Right. Because uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I thought you were for sure going to say. Uh, Define the great line. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, we already talked about chasing safety, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Define the great Define, line. Define the great line came out after chasing safety and the lost in the sound of separation came after Define the great line. Um, on lost in the sound, they worked again, like with the same people they did. So they worked with Matt Goldman and Adam D a second time uh-huh. on another record. Um, and it's, it's like, the perfect sequel to define the great line. It's just vibey and heavy. It's very fucking heavy. Um, it makes so much sense in that flow of where, what they were doing. The album art is fucking awesome. Um, it's that is one thing, as much as I am not really into under oath, I do love all of their album art. It's all. It's always very good. Yeah. Um. Listen to the first song on this album. Okay. Like tonight. Okay. And you'll be like, oh, oh, fuck! It's so goddamn good. And it's okay. all it's all drop D, but it's so fucking heavy. Why does anybody play in drop D when they could play in C sharp instead? I don't know. Like, I want to fuck around and drop the a little bit. It seems fun. Uh, C sharp just it, it's so much thicker than D. True, uh, but drop C is better than anything forever. Drop C forever, yeah. no matter what. I always fuck around with tunings and this and this, and I always end up in fucking drop C for like because it's so years. good. 
it's so it's, good. You can do everything with it. Drop C is super heavy. It's super heavy, but it's not dumbass heavy, and mm-hmm. it's still clear and nice. And when you play higher normal chords, it still sounds really good. Drop C yeah, forever. For sure. Um, Boston Sound Separation is a fuzzy, (laughs) dirty, vibey, pretty, heavy fucking record, and it's amazing. Okay, I will. I'll give it another shot. It's 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 definitely overlooked in Underworld's catalog, but it is by a landslide their best album. Well, I mean, everybody in the world that loves Underworld can't be wrong. I'm I'm literally the only one that doesn't. So. I know I, I have to be. I don't know, I, no, but that, that mindset always doesn't work because I don't fucking like Game of Thrones. Yeah, you're just wrong. I don't like Breaking Bad. Everybody in everybody in the world uh, likes Breaking Bad. I can understand Maybe I've just never watched it. That could be it. I've watched a little. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did that for a while, too, but I actually uh, sat down and watched it. It's very good, but I digress. Sure, but yeah, that's uh, oh. that's the one that's Underworld's best okay. album, and I fucking love it. And like when, when you hear the the progression from Chasing Safety to Find the Great Line, it's it's pretty drastic. Yeah, like it just sounds like oh, you you got uh, like a Rolling Space Echo and figured out who Botch is, <laughs> and like they just got really weird and heavy and vibey, and they did it even more so. And it's it's just per, it's perfect. It's such a good fucking album. Okay. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number four. Uh, my number three. Um. So I, I got three left, and I, I'm sure. I think two of them that I'm about to mention may be your two and one, maybe. I I know what my two and one are, and I think I know. I, you know what my number one is. I think I do, but maybe not. It is. What do you think it is? <laughs> All right. Well, here, here, here we go. Uh, what I'm going to do instead, I'm going to. So this is actually going to be my uh, number one, but I'll make this my number three because I'm pretty sure this is not on your list. Okay. Um, so my number three is going to be Living Sacrifice. Uh, li- living Sacrifice. <laughs> the Hammering Process specifically from 2000. That's my favorite Living Sacrifice album. And it, it is also my favorite, hands down, because that was that was my first time listening to Living Sacrifice was Hammering Process. And still to this day, that album fucking rips. It is so insanely heavy and so good and so well written. Um, but then I went back and listened to the 1997 Reborn, um, mm-hmm. which is also really, really fucking good. Um, so... Uh, I'm including both of those on as as my number three. Cool, uh, that Re- works. Reborn and Hammering Process because they're both just super super fucking good albums. I and also think that Conceived in Fire or By Fire, whatever, uh, doesn't in fire. doesn't get uh doesn't get enough credit for how fucking good it is. I I agree. So I think I don't think Living Sacrifice has a bad album. Mm-hmm. You listen to like their self titled from the early '90s or something. Yeah. Um, it's like straight up just death metal, yeah. but it's very, it's very good death metal. Um, and then with reborn, that's when they started to, uh, like experiment with different sounds. Um, and then by 2000, they had the tribal drums and shit. And it was, uh, 
it's just they they have kept pushing their sound with every album and they they absolutely don't have a bad album they're all good no they're they're a great fucking band their their peak was definitely around hammering process hammering process is when they've reached their pinnacle for sure yeah yeah i absolutely agree with that so yeah that's my number three all right uh my number three was advent of a miracle Okay, yes, we talked about that. So, do, so go, go ahead. Go, go, go to number two. Your number two, yeah. Uh, my number two is from 2005. It is Son, I Loved You At Your Darkest by Acidies Bird. Not on my list, so we're good. Really? <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Oh, my God, that album is amazing. <laughs> I know, it is very good. Um, I Somehow, they're one of those bands that, like, I skipped them a while back, but I... They were uh, they were at Furnace Fest last year, um, mm-hmm. and I watched them, and they were incredible. So I, I went back into that album, and uh, not that album specifically, but I went back into their catalog, and I realized I knew a lot more of their stuff than I thought I did. Oh, sure. It's really um, that album of theirs that I like. I like the album after that, too, Come Now Sleep. Um their front man had left, so the guy who did the clean vocals like took over as front man. So mm-hmm. their second album is like it's got a lot of indie stuff going on. It's like AC thirty telecaster stuff, but it's still mm-hmm. heavy. Um but uh They have they have that? a breakdown on one of their songs that it's it always resonates. It's like one of my favorite breakdowns of all time. And for the love of, for the life of me, I can't, I can't remember the name of the song, but you would know it. Like, it's it's the breakdown that starts off with that cool like bass chord that. That's oh, with with the guys like regret. Yes, that's Josh Scoggin. Wait, no way. If it's a if it's a breakdown I'm thinking of, maybe it's not. Maybe we're not talking about the same one. Well, I'll, he, I'll, I'll figure it out after the show, and I'll, I'll we'll text about it. That's the breakdown, but also that might not be the breakdown from a mission regret. But uh, Josh Goggin does do the the breakdown on a mission regret. He does do the vocals there. I, but it, these could I, be different songs. These songs also bleed together a lot. Um, because it's kind of just like weird riff, weird riff, weird riff, breakdown, mm-hmm. weird riff for the whole album. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Cause in, when I say weird riff, I mean like this dude fucking wrote some weird ass riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, my first introduction to as cities burn was live at cornerstone one year. My buddy, Tony, he's like, yo, we have to go watch this band. I just heard them. They're awesome. Let's go check them out. So we're like at the front and watching, I'm just watching this dude with like a black telly and a bunch of delay pedals, just doing this weird shit. And I'm yeah. just staring at him like in between songs. I'm like, dude, you're fucking incredible. Yeah. And he's like, Oh my he God, thank you. But an amazing guitarist. He's so fucking good. I, so I think I, I think I was, te- I think I texted you immediately after I watched them last year. Uh, they played, I think it's the song called the widow, the widow. Yeah. Um, oh, what a beautiful song, dude! And and the album version is gorgeous, but the way he does it live, 
But like, it's, it's just him for a while? Just him, yeah. And, I, dude, I was sobbing watching that. Oh, sobbing. yeah. Just, it was so good. Beautiful song about just being a fucked up child. Yeah, it was very good. Um, oh, my God. What an album. That yeah. album... Um, I want to say like way before it's time because it was, but also I don't even know if that time's come yet because no one's really <laughs> like nobody yeah. has ever really sounded like that. Yeah, it's it's very different sounding. Yeah, they could have been fucking huge. I don't know if they're not metalcore. They're I, 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 uh, yeah. I don't. They have such a unique sound. Like I don't know where to put them. Their drummer, like their original drummer from this era, um, he's like a big internet troll. He's kind of an obnoxious douche. Uh, he was just on an episode of the Labeled podcast when they did like a, like a, like a fantasy draft, but like the, the topic was tooth and nail songwriters. Okay. And I'm like, wow, why am I not fucking on this? <laughs> but they, that guy has the most violent lisp you've ever heard. And it is annoying as fuck. <laughs> really? It, uh, no, because I remember seeing this topic and I'm like, this is the most me content that's ever happened. And yeah. I have to listen to this. And I could barely stomach it. <laughs> that's rough. But, it's uh. Fun. So that was your number two? That's my number two with Sun I Love Do It, Your Darkness by Acidies Burn. Okay. Uh, well, fuck. I think I got a 50-50 shot at listing your number one at my number two. Well, if I haven't mentioned it yet, you know what it is. But I don't... Either well, I, of these I, know what your, I know what your next two are. Do you? Yeah. How about you? How about you name the one that is not on your list that you think is on mine? Burning Bridges. Okay. All right. So that's not on yours? You thought Burning Bridges was my number one? Oh, well, I didn't. I That would have been crazy for sure. No, because Burning Bridges is your number one. So yeah. your number two is my number one. Okay. What's your number two? Or what's, your, what's your number one? Failure on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, so, you know what? <laughs> But here's the thing. Between Failure On and Burning Bridges, I think those could alternate between my number two and my number one. Because uh, I also I like Burning Bridges a lot more than I thought I did. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. <laughs> I love I, how it sounds. It doesn't sound shitty. But it sounds just, I guess, really natural and organic. Mm-hmm. Um there's parts on it that are super stupid, like the, the clean part in American Love. I it's love that fucking part. lame. Oh god, I love it. <laughs> I love that, dude. Their vocal harmony is so good. Never like, should have let you go. Uh, I mean, that's because they're brothers, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure who's brothers. The, uh, uh, guitarist and. Drummer? Uh, maybe. I'm that pretty sure. Because Jimmy's not the one singing on that part. No, it was a guitarist that was always singing. Yeah, but the, 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 I think the guys doing the harmonies, I believe, are the guitarist and the drummer, and I'm pretty sure they're brothers. Oh, 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google this because now I sound like a jackass if it's wrong. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but I feel like that's why their vocal harmonies are so good is because they have that that family voice thing going I on. I think no. his harmonies are so good because it's the guitarist and the guitarist layering his own voice. I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure it's two guys. I think they're brothers. I don't fucking know. I don't. I, what do I know? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But uh, yeah, Burning Bridge is is really sick. Um, the breakdown and outro of Substance is one of my favorite moments in metalcore. Mm. I want you to know so sick, dude. Although I do have to say, I liked the demo version of Substance better. Or maybe it wasn't a demo. Was that on? Uh, um, it was on. They released. A, they self released an EP called "That They May Know You." Um, was that on is, there? It was. It, Substance was on there. Um, I think As Lambs might have been on there. Um, I could be an wrong. epitaph. An epitaph was on there. Um, it's just. It's like you know, two thousand two self released metalcore shit. It's. It sounds bad, yeah. but it's very real sounding yeah well burning bridges uh open like fucking hell what a way to yeah. open a fucking record and that that album just it means the world to me just because of the significance of it in my life personally and my turning into like getting into the music that i have been into for the last 20 years, you know, like hell yeah, no, be, I, be, I get it, man. Before that, and don't get me wrong, I still hold a giant soft spot for new metal, obviously, as we've talked about on this show many, many times. Yeah. But I would have been trapped in that hole forever if it wasn't for albums like Burning Bridges, you know, sure, that, that, sure, it, sure. Did, it did so much for me, and like it opened my eyes to a whole new world of things that I didn't even know were there. I get it, man. So, and it's a great record. Um, I like that. I like Burning Bridges. I like When Everything Falls. I like Pressure the Hinges too. Actually, um, I like Pressure the Hinges a fucking lot. Um, Haste the Day is a great band. The Haste the Day is a line from It Is Well with My Soul, which that's just like an old timey hymn. You know it. Okay. Yeah, probably. It's like it's just a it's a beautiful, beautiful old like old timey southern hymn. Okay. It's a gorgeous and fucking that, song. That makes sense that they would pull their name from something They're, like that. Um in uh I think in Salty Grave by Life in Your Way, there's a reference to this hymn. Like right before that slam he says something. You know what I'm talking about? I I do, but I don't remember what it is. Because Salty Grave uh, is my favorite. Like, I remember song. you texted me something about this actually not super long ago and goes, oh, this part of this song right before it is so sick. I'm like, yes. oh, that's a reference to that hymn. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was going to say this is very familiar this whole conversation. No, because it, um, it, it, it was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't remember what, it, what the line is, though, from the Life in Your Way song. I don't either. But I'm pretty sure it's a reference to it as well with my soul, which is a beautiful fucking hymn. I love old timey southern hymns; they're beautiful songs. Um, 
specifically that one. That's like one of that. It's probably my favorite hymn, actually. Um, oh, not appropriate, or no one would give a shit. I would love to do an episode on old timey hymns. <laughs> I don't know that I could come up with that many. I it would be mostly you talking. Cool. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you're number yeah, one. But yeah, that's where Haste Today comes from, their name. That's sick. Uh, I didn't know that. Said, uh, and Lord Haste Today when my faith shall be sight. Anyway. Amen. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> that's just saying, hey, God, I want to die. That's what that guy's saying. <laughs> it's fucked up. We, we're, uh, we're turning towards dark here. It's an it's a episode about metal. Touche. <laughs> uh, my number one album that Solid State Records ever put out is Failure On by Beloved from 2003. What? No way. Yeah. <laughs> um, How could if, it not be, though? If Beloved didn't break up, Beloved would have been, and even Brandon Ebel, the president of Tooth & Nail Records, the owner, the CEO, everything of Tooth & Nail Records, he even says this. If Beloved didn't break up after their first album, they would have been the biggest band in the world. I could see that. They had so much potential. Because, like, 2003, first album, so their second album would have been about 2005, which was like, 2005 was the year between Chasing Safety and Define the Great Line. Uh, Emery was really big right now. Um, mm-hmm. Beloved would have been fucking huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. This album is really... It's melodic. It's got a lot of mellow parts. It's got some really cool breakdowns. It's got a lot of big choruses. Um, everything about it's perfect. The album art is really cool. Um the the sequencing of the album like the track order is super fucking perfect everything about it it's wonderful i will forever love this album this album came out way way ahead of its time way fucking ahead of its time yeah i agree i agree 100 percent. everything you're saying so uh so they released they have two releases an ep and an album yeah the running um yeah, the running and uh, failure on both on solid state, mm-hmm. um, and to be honest, I they bleed together to me so much. Like uh, I never remember what which album has which songs on it. Sure, um, I I only know failure on because uh, that that line. Uh, Tasting the failure on my lips. That, you know, that's the only reason I know that song is on Failure On. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But I just, I love everything they do. Uh, everything they did. Even this new song they came out with when they reunited for Furnace Fest. What? Abyss. Yeah. It's I, not good. I liked it. It's, it's, not, it's not as good, for sure. It's, it's it fine. shows it shows that you know you know fifteen years of not being a band you can feel it <laughs> but yeah. it's still good uh, you know the new botch song is the same the same problem it just you spend so much time apart you don't feel like the same band anymore but I get it um but yeah failure on 
Uh, I just, I remember seeing them for the first time. Uh, at, actually, you were, we've talked about this, the Solid State Tour. I was there. In 2003, right? 2003. At, at the With Beloved, Dead Poetic, Norma Jean. Um, Haste the Day. Day. There was one more. And Under Oath. Under, yeah, right. Um, and I didn't even know who Beloved was when I went to that show. And I left there a huge, huge fan of Beloved. Uh, and I went and saw them three more times after that. Um, I wear my Beloved hoodie a lot because I love it. And yeah. uh, pe- people, every time I wear it, are like, I love your hoodie. Yeah. And I think it's just because like they think it's like a, a Christ thing. And technically it is. Yeah, it is kind of. <laughs> but uh, I think that's what they're just get- they're getting at. And I'm like, no, this is a metal band. <laughs> it's crazy. Like the people that I know that are into Beloved are people that I would have never expected to be into anything even remotely melodic, you know, like, but they just, they kind of, they hit those heavy notes so hard that when they come back around to the melodic part, like you're already sunk in, you know, like you, so, so like a good, for instance, my, my buddy Pete that I used to be in a band with, uh, he's, he's into nothing but like metal, metal core, death core kind of stuff. But, but he loves Beloved. He does love Beloved, dude. I always One remember, I will band. remember that. I haven't seen that guy in like 20 years. Yeah. But, uh, we used to talk about Beloved at shows a lot. Yeah. He loves them, man. He was a nice dude, man. How's oh, he doing? One of, one of the nicest in the world. He, he's good. I, I we, we get together maybe once a year. We go get bombers or something just to catch up. And um, That's awesome. Yeah. I'll, next next time I go with him, I'll, I'll, you should come along. I would I would love to see him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's still good. He's still super cool. He's just That's he's awesome. Deep, man. But cool, yeah, man. but yeah, like he's, he's, you would never expect a guy like that. Like, Oh no, he, he was just like, love Hard ass hardcore guy. Yeah. But they, but it, they just, they, they just transcend, you know, they, everybody can enjoy it. Sure. Did we mention anything that came out after 2008? I think the, let's see. I don't think so. No, 2008 is the latest I did. Me too. There's some solid state bands that were that are still fucking huge bands that we didn't talk. We didn't mention August Burns Red one time. I, you know what I I I wanted to put Messengers in there somewhere. I almost put Messengers in there because it's such a great. But every album album after that is still just Messengers again. (laughs) August Burns Red has released the same album like nine times. Yeah, and and then and then every once in a while they. Put a Christmassy twinge on it. Oh my God, I love August Burns Red Christmas music. Um, Everybody does. As far as newer Solid State bands go, like 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 Fit for a King and shit, is Impending Doom on Solid State? I don't think so. Oh, what what the fuck else would they be on? I don't know, but I don't. If Impending Doom had been on Solid State, I would have included them sure. on my list. Um, Silent Planets on Solid State. Silent, I was just going to mention Silent fucking Planet. Rips. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, my band played a show in Fort Wayne a few weeks ago, and Silent Planet was playing in the room right next door to us, and I couldn't watch. Really? It. We had our own show. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
fuck, if I was in this situation and I'm watching this show and like Silent Planet is next door, I'd be like, hey, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I love I Silent Planet. I'm going to go over there. There was literally nobody watching us except for the other bands that were playing on our side because everyone else was at the Silent Planet show. Yeah, because Silent was Planet fair. is fucking oh, I awesome. I couldn't even be mad about it. it was Silent like, Planet I was, is I was so playing. goddamn good. Yeah. Um, their album, I think it's called The Night God Slept, maybe? I don't know. I I, oh. I don't know anything. It's an amazing record. There. there was a weird window in like the the mid two thousands during South. I shouldn't say a weird window. It was just a window. Um, when it was, there was bands like um like Inhale Exhale and uh-huh. uh like Becoming the Archetype. Um, uh-huh. lot, they put out a lot of good shit during that. Yeah, for sure. Uh oh, oh, oh sleeper. sleeper, dude. Oh sleeper, fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sleeper is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I When I put Zayo on here, my first thought was, oh, Funeral of God, because that's my favorite Zayo record, but that came out on Ferret. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, man. It, it is, oh. for sure. Um, I guess that's the whole thing, though. That's Yeah, I guess yeah, so. That's, that's the whole thing. Solid State yeah, Records is tight. Solid State Rules. Um, they they definitely uh, a lot of their bands molded my taste in music for sure. For uh, sure, they they have some of the best and heaviest Christian bands out there, and it's just sick. It's a sick label. It's a great so. label. I love them. All right. Well. Well, yeah. That's uh. That's a wrap on that one, and uh, that's, that's a wrap on this season. Wrap. Happy season three. End. Nice. Look. Uh, finale that's <laughs> that's the word that's it <laughs> cool man all right man well i'm glad you're able to make this work you know technical difficulties aside i didn't you did it. i didn't do anything well i'm i'm glad it, it worked <laughs> sure yeah it was, it was <laughs> I, easy. and for anybody listening i hope the quality is okay um it should be fine i'm not worried about if, it. if it does sound good this might be a good option like in the future too to, yeah, to sure, use this it's, again. It's like oh hey we can do this anytime yeah exactly i, I could record it from my office at work yeah <laughs> and i could just throw my airpods in and also record it from work yeah yeah that'd be cool that'd be All actually right, that would be kind of fun one time to do an episode from work <laughs> <laughs> while we're working i'll do yeah. it from the toilet <laughs> cool sure all right well that's that's that y'all we'll uh we'll see ya all right. Well, thanks for listening and take it easy.